Chapter 14 of Book of the Foundations. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Book of the Foundations by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated by the Reverend John Dalton. Chapter 14. There lived in the city of Toledo a merchant, an eminent man and a servant of God. He would never marry, but led a good life, as every Catholic should do, for he was a man of great virtue and honesty. He had collected his money by a lawful business, with the intention of doing by it some act of charity that would be most pleasing to our Lord. His name was Martin Ramirez. He fell dangerously ill, and a father of the Society of Jesus named Paul Hernandez, to whom I had confessed when in this city, treating with the foundation of Malagon. Hearing of this circumstance, and greatly desiring that a monastery of nuns might be founded in Toledo, went to visit him, and in the course of conversation told him, what a good opportunity presented itself of doing so great a service to our Lord, and how he might place in the monastery what chaplains and chapelries he pleased, and that there likewise certain festivals might be kept, and all the rest done which he intended to have established in a certain parish of this city. The gentleman was so very ill that he was sensible he had no time to arrange all these matters. Wherefore he left everything in the hands of his brother, Alonso Alvarez Ramirez, a very discreet person, who feared God, very good and charitable, and endowed with solid judgment. This I may say of him with very great truth, as having seen it myself from frequently conversing with him. When Martin Ramirez died, I was then engaged in the foundation of Valladolid, and there Father Paul Hernandez and Alonso Alvarez wrote to me, giving me an account of all that passed, and begging me to set out for Toledo, if I wished to accept this foundation. I departed accordingly a short time after the house was founded in Valladolid, and I arrived at Toledo on the eve of the nativity of our Lord. I went to the house of the Lady Doña Luisa Cerda, where I had been before, about the foundation of Malagon. I was received with great kindness, for this lady had much regard for me. I took along with me from St. Joseph's of Avila two companions, who were great servants of God. An apartment was immediately provided for us, as is customary, and here we enjoyed the same quiet and recollection as if we were in a monastery. I immediately began to treat on the business with Alonso Alvarez, but a son-in-law of his, named Diego Ortiz, although a very good man and a divine, was more given to his own opinion than Alonso, and would not therefore so soon listen to reason. They began to demand of me many conditions, which I did not think proper to grant. We went on, however, with our agreement, looking out at the same time for a house to let, in order that possession might be taken. But we could not meet with one suitable, though many inquiries had been made. Neither could I prevail on the governor to grant me a license, for at this time there was no archbishop. Though on one side the lady at whose house I was stopping, and a gentleman, canon of the church, named Don Pedro Manrique, son of the governor of Castile, had done all they could to induce him. This canon was a great servant of God, and is so still, for he is yet alive. 
and although he had very indifferent health, a few years after this house was founded, he entered into the Society of Jesus, where he now is. He was highly esteemed in the city on account of his solid understanding and great authority. But with all their exertions, I could not obtain the license, for when the governor was a little more mild and inclined, the members of the council were opposed. On the other hand, we could not agree with Alonso Alvarez, on account of his son-in-law, upon whom he relied much in this business, so that at last we broke off the agreement altogether. I now knew not what to do, for I came to Toledo for no other object but the foundation, and I saw that to go away without founding the house would be a great reproach. Yet I was more concerned at having no license than at all the rest, for I hoped that possession being once taken, our Lord would provide everything else, as he has done in other places. I resolved, therefore, to speak with the governor myself, and hastening to a church which stood near his house, I sent a message to entreat him, he would allow me to speak with him. It was now more than two months since the business had been going on, and every day it became worse. When I appeared before him, I said, It was a hard case that poor women should have to come here, who desired to live in strict rigor and perfection and enclosure, and that those who endured none of these things, but lived in delights, should wish to prevent works redounding so much to the glory of God. By these and many other reasons, which I gave him with great freedom and resolution, as our Lord enabled me, I moved his heart in such a manner that before I left him, he granted me the license. Hereupon I was greatly pleased, thinking myself now to possess all, when I had nothing, for I had in my possession but three or four ducats, with which I bought two pictures, painted on linen, because I had not one to place on the altar, two straw beds, and a coverlet. I knew of no house, and had nothing more to do with Alonso Alvarez. A merchant of this city, a friend of mine, who had always led a single life, and applied himself to the performance of good works, especially to the relief of prisoners, told me not to be afflicted, for that he would find me a house. His name was Alonso de Avila. He fell sick, however, and could not therefore keep his promise. A few days before, there came to Toledo a Franciscan friar, called Brother Martin de la Cruz, a man of eminent sanctity. He stopped a few days, and when he departed, he sent to me a young man, a penitent of his, whose name was Andrada. He was very poor, and his confessor told him to do whatever I should order him. Being one day in the church at Mass, he came to speak with me, telling me what that good father had commanded him, assuring me that he would do all he could to serve me, though this would be only with his person. I thanked him and laughed heartily, and so also did my companions, on seeing what a help that holy man had sent us, for his garb was not fit for conversing with discalciate nuns. When I now saw myself with a license, but with no one to help me, I knew not what to do, nor whom to apply to. But I remember the young man whom Father Martin de la Cruz had sent to me, and I mentioned him to my companions, but they laughed much at me, advising me not to attempt such a thing, for that he would be sure to discover the business. I would not, however, listen to them, for, as he was sent by that servant of God, I was confident he would prove in some way useful, and that he had not been sent without a mystery. 
I sent for him accordingly, and gave him an account of what had passed, strictly commanding him to observe all possible secrecy, and so I desired him to look for a house, and for the hire of it I would give him security. The money would be provided by Alonso de Avila, who, as I have said, fell ill. The young man thought it would be very easy to find a house, and assured me he would succeed. So the next morning, being at Mass in a church of the Fathers of the Society of Jesus, he came to speak with me, and told me that now he had found a house, and had brought the keys with him, for it was so very near, that we might go and see it. We did so, and found it so convenient that we dwelt in it almost a year. Very often, when I think of this foundation, I am astonished at the ways of God, for during three months, or at least more than two, I do not remember which, certain rich persons went all around Toledo, seeking for a house, and could not find one. And yet, when this poor young man went, our Lord was pleased he should immediately find one. And when a monastery might have been erected without any trouble, had I agreed with Alonso Alvarez, I was not to do it, but quite the contrary, in order that the foundation might be in poverty and labor. As the house suited us, I ordered immediate possession to be taken, before anything else was done in it, that so there might be no disturbance. Not long after the above mentioned, Andrada came to tell me that the house would be free, empty, on that day, and that we might send our furniture there. I told him there was little to be done, for all we had were but two straw beds and a coverlet, at which he seemed astonished. My answer did not please my companions, for they said, that as I let him know we were so poor, he would perhaps be unwilling to help us. I did not reflect on this, nor did he take any notice of what I said, for he who bestowed on him the will to help us, would also continue it for the accomplishment of his work. And so he did, for I think we could not surpass Andrada's diligence in preparing the house and procuring workmen. We borrowed all that was necessary for saying Mass, and in the beginning of the night we went with a workman to take possession of the house, carrying with us a little bell, such as they ring at the elevation, for we had no other, and thus, to my great fear, we spent the night in preparing things, but I found no proper place for a chapel, except in a room, which was entered through another little house that stood near it, and which also the landlady had let out to us. But then certain women lived in it, to whom I did not dare to say anything, lest they should discover us. Everything being now ready, we began to open a door through a partition wall, which led into a small court. The women who were in the room, as soon as they heard the blows, rose up in great fear. We had great difficulty to pacify them, for a while they were inflexible, but did no harm, our Lord appeasing them. When they saw what was the matter, they allowed Mass to be said at the proper time. I saw afterwards what a mistake, for then, on account of the ardor which God gave us to accomplish his work, the inconveniences are not noticed. For when the mistress of the house, who was the wife of Amagorazgo, learnt that her house was converted into a church, she made a great noise. But our Lord was pleased to pacify her, as she thought that if she pleased us, we might purchase the house from her. When the members of the council, however, were informed that a monastery had been erected, for which they never intended to grant a license, they became very angry, and not finding the governor at home, for, after granting the license, 
he was obliged to take a journey to some place. They went to the house of a certain canon of the church, whom I had privately acquainted with the business, and told him how much they were astonished at the boldness of a silly woman, that against their wish had dared to erect a monastery. He answered them as if he knew nothing, and endeavored to soften them as well as he could, telling them, how I had done the same in other places, and that I would never have done this without sufficient authority. I don't know how many days after this it was, that they sent us an excommunication, forbidding mass to be said until we had produced the authority by which we had acted. I answered them mildly, that I would do what they commanded, though I was not obliged to obey them in this respect. Accordingly, I requested Don Pedro Manrique, the gentleman of whom I have spoken, to go and explain matters, and show them the authority. He did so, and thus they were satisfied, especially as the monastery was already finished, otherwise we should have had much trouble. For some days we continued with only two straw beds and a coverlet, without any other furniture. Even on the very day possession was taken, we had not so much as a chip to broil a sprat with, till our Lord moved someone, I know not whom, to place in the church a faggot of wood, whereby our want was supplied. During the nights we felt the cold very much, though we covered ourselves with the mantles and coverlets which we had brought with us. It may seem impossible, that living in the house of that lady who loved me so much, we should yet be in so great poverty. There is no other reason, but that our Lord wished we should experience the advantage of this virtue. I asked for nothing, for I dislike being a burden to any one. And she may perhaps not have adverted to our poverty, for I am already indebted to her much more than she can give me. But this was a great benefit to ourselves, for so great were the joy and interior consolation we experienced, that oftentimes I call to mind what treasures our Lord keeps locked up in these virtues. It seems to me that the poverty we endured was a kind of sweet contemplation, though it continued for but a short time, for presently Alvarez himself and others came, and supplied us with more than we wanted. And truly, my sadness was then so great, that I seemed to be like one who, possessed of many precious jewels, had them all stolen, and was thus left poor. Just so was I afflicted at the loss of my poverty, and my companions also were the same. And when I saw them sorrowful, I inquired what was the matter. They replied, What have we to do, mother, for now it seems we are no longer poor? For this time, the desire of being very poor increased in me, and there remained within me a certain power to despise all temporal goods, since the want of them surely brings with it another kind of peace and contentedness. At the time when I was treating with Alonso Alvarez concerning the foundation, many persons thought I was doing wrong, and they came and told me so, saying, He did not appear to be so illustrious a personage, though, as I have said, his rank was considerable, and that in a place so high as Toledo stood, better terms and persons would not be wanting to me. I paid no attention to such language, for, God be praised, I have ever esteemed virtue above nobility. But the remarks made in the matter by the governor were so many, that he gave me the license on this condition, that I should found the monastery, as I had done in other places. 
I knew not what to do, for the monastery being completed, Alvarez and others began again to treat on the business, but as it was already settled, I adopted this means, to give him the greater chapel, so that as regards the monastery, he might not meddle with it, but leave it as it is now. There was another person also who desired to have the greater chapel, and there were some grounds for letting him have it. Not knowing what to resolve upon, our Lord gave me light in this difficulty. For once being in prayer, he said to me, How little nobility and rank would be regarded before the tribunal God! And he gave me a sharp reproof for listening to those who spoke to me in this manner, for they were not things fit for those who had despised the world. With these and other reasons I was in great trouble and confusion, and resolved to complete the agreement begun of giving the greater chapel to Alvarez, and I never repented of this resolution. For being very short of money to purchase a house, with his assistance we bought one, and it is among the best in Toledo. It cost twelve thousand ducats, and as there are so many masses said there, it is a great consolation both to the nuns and to the people. Had I paid any attention to the vain opinions of the world, it would have been impossible, as far as we can judge, to have met with such great conveniences. And an injury would have been done to him, who so freely bestowed the charity on us. End of chapter 14